There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is our Wednesday edition of the podcast. We have one more night here in Oxford, North Carolina at the Grace Baptist Church. We thank the Lord for the meeting thus far. Brother Zach Vernon will continue the meeting tomorrow night and Friday night at 7.30 each night here at the church. We thank the Lord for Brother Zach, his friendship, the fellowship, the ministry God has given him. He has been a frequent guest on this podcast, and we certainly thank the Lord for his preaching. Thank the Lord for this meeting. Thank the Lord for the church here. Lord willing, we'll be heading to New York on Saturday. And head them to the Black Creek Baptist Church, begin Sunday morning in the Sunday school at 10, church at 11, and then again an afternoon service after a meal at 1 o'clock. Brother Rick Rose will be preaching then uh, there at the Anchor Baptist Church in Wellsville. And for those of you not at Black Creek, those of you uh, maybe are going to Black Creek in the morning, we head over to Wellsville 6 o'clock that night to hear Brother Rose preach. We thank the Lord for that opportunity. We thank the Lord for the Word of God. And looking forward to what the Lord is going to do in these meetings. We've got six straight weeks here. We had about five days of break uh, from a meeting in Harrisburg. And then we'll have another six days of break. And we head to North Carolina and continue the meeting. So we got eight meetings over 10 weeks. And we thank the Lord for that opportunity. We thank the Lord for the privilege we have to preach. If you would, pray for the McVeigh family. Pray for our safety. Pray for our exhaustion. Pray for the children to get the rest they need. My wife to get the rest she needs as we labor in the word of God. We're in Matthew chapter 10 again today. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now, this is what Jesus Christ did for his disciples. This is not something that you and I have this power to do. This was apostolic, if you will. It was given to his disciples. They were then to become apostles. They had seen Jesus Christ. But on this earth, before they became apostles, they followed him and they had that power. Why it was given to them of Jesus Christ. There is no man on earth today that has this power, that has it in the power of God. There are those that can cast out devils. There are those that can heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. But notice what it says. He gave them power. It wasn't their power, it's his power. There are folks today that do that, but it's certainly another power. It's not the power of God. And it's manifest. Satan manifests himself as an angel of light. There are people probably truly healed, truly raised up. There are people, no doubt, that unclean spirits are cast out of them. And uh, you hear the stories and the, the probably true stories of even uh, priests that would go into a village. There'd be someone possessed with devils and they would have a ceremony and cast the devils out. And that person would throw themselves up against a wall and tossed up into the air. And the people would marvel and fill the coffers of the church. And that's no doubt still takes place in Pentecostal churches. It takes place in this modern movement, faith healing movement, faith word movement, and it's against the scripture. This was a specific time and a place that God gave his disciples power to do these things. Now, the name of these 12 apostles are these. 
the first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Interesting study. Those of you that love the Bible, love studying the Bible, look up the sons of Zebedee. I heard a man many years ago preach on where's daddy, and he preached on the sons of Zebedee. You never see Zebedee, but you always see his sons. When they go back to fishing, most likely it's because daddy had the boat. And that's something the Lord showed me many years ago. And John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus and Labius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite. Boy, that certainly blows some doctrine, doctrinal folks out of the water that he was a Canaanite. Cursed, descended of Ham, cursed of God, yet he's one of the disciples. Why? Jesus called him. Just that simple. And that curse has been lifted in Jesus Christ. And that's something that today is not really negotiable. There's enough light shed on the subject that God's not pleased when folks uh, call folks Hamites or Canaanites and they try to put the curse of Ham on folks. And God's not pleased with that today. God can't work in that manner of, of, of understanding, that manner of reasoning. And yet that's where we are in religion today. Still, folks still cling to those paths and those old ways because of their bigotries and uh, because of their own way of thinking. They don't want to believe the word of God. Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And so again, instructions were given. Why? Because Jesus Christ came to his own. And then the word of God said, his own received him not. And so therefore, they would not receive him, but that's who he came to. John is writing that after the fact in John 1, and he gives us understanding of those that have been born of God. Yet Jesus himself said, I must needs go through Samaria. There was a time in his ministry that he needed to go through Samaria. And it was just for him to do. Yet his disciples were commanded not to go to the Gentiles, the lost house of Gentiles. No, they weren't to go to the Samaritans, but rather they would go to the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so he did to tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why? It's Jesus Christ. We see that. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely have received, freely give. What does that mean? It means you do for others exactly what you've received. I've called you. I brought you to myself. You call them and bring them to me. And that's pretty basic. That hasn't changed. That's something that's missing today with folks. They have no understanding that the lost world around them needs a savior. They're so wrapped up in their own idealism and their own logistics and their own uh, oppression, their own depression, and they don't want to live for God. They don't care about those around them. But yet the idea simply is God has done much for you. Why don't you do something for somebody else? The reason churches are in despair today is because their people are in despair. Why are the people in despair? Because they do not care about other people. They get careless. They forgot what manner of person they were. They forgot how wicked they were. They forgot how vile they were in God's eyes. They sometimes forget what God has done for them. And therefore, they've had no effect on anybody. They've had no effect on anybody's life. And if you're sitting there waiting to clean up your act enough to have an effect, then either one, clean up your act or just go ahead and have an effect anyway while God cleans you up. And do something for God, God's going to clean you up. Sit at home waiting for God to clean you up. If you know what you need cleaned up, it's a failure on your part. And you probably know what God's trying to tell you. You probably know what God's trying to show you. But do that needful thing. And do that thing of going out there and reaching people. How do you do that? You freely give. You take the word of God and you freely give. That means you meet the need. Someone had asked me recently in this manner, and I simply instructed them. I said, you do whatever it takes to accomplish the goal. That's what is. That's what the 
the commandos of the United States military, the high-end units, they're trained whatever it takes to meet the goal. And therefore, they're not just trained to kill. They're trained to negotiate. They're trained to do politics. They're trained the position of the United States government. They go into its warlords and negotiate peace settlements and negotiate deals. And they have that power. Why? Whatever it takes to solve the problem. Whatever it takes to get someone to Jesus Christ. Years ago, I heard men preaching against the elephants in, in, in the junior church and the, the, you know, the motorcycle jumpers and all of these things. And, and yet I've heard others say, well, that's what it took. I came to a Southern Gospel concert, one preacher said, and I got saved that Southern Gospel concert. Well, I thank the Lord for that. But I also don't think that you have to swim through a mile of sewage to find a quarter. And I believe the Word of God is available to whosoever will. And I don't believe you have to have the gimmicks in the show. I believe it's the cause of the church for people to go reach people. Now, you don't attract them with all this nonsense and all this foolishness. But no, people, and the reason, the reason we have trouble with this today is because people don't know how to reach people because they themselves are still unclean. Even those that have truly been saved by the grace of God are still uncleanness in their life. They don't know how to reach people. And therefore, they have to use gimmicks to reach people because there's no power on their life. And if churches would train people and teach people to go reach their own, that's the people around you. That is your nail person, your hair person, your barber. Hair person and barber, two different things. One's for a lady, one's for a man. Just want to throw that out there. And you go down there to the go grocery store and the gas station and your neighbors and the people you work with and the people you come across. And you might want to get yourself involved in some things in the community just to meet people. Rather than be an isolationist, which most have done today, they rather isolate than they would uh, try to reach people. But it's whatever it takes to accomplish them. And what is the mission to get folks to Jesus Christ? Those four tore up that roof. We talked about that the other day on the podcast. Why did they tear up the roof? Getting that man to Jesus Christ. They break up the roof. He says, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. So what he's telling them is you're not going to take all these extra things in a hopes that maybe if you get hung out to dry, you know, you can reach down deep and accomplish what you need to accomplish. No, the workman is worthy of his meat. And that's the way it is with the Lord. The Lord will provide for them that are seeking him. Those that are doing the work, God will provide. I love what preacher said many years ago. It's a cliche, but it's a great cliche. It's probably 50, 60 years old that I uh, first heard recordings of it. But where God guides, God provides. It's that simple. And if you've been called of God, God's going to take care of the need. You don't fill your, your, your script and your purse with gold and silver and have all kinds of backup plans. No, you just go and do what God wants you to do. That's what he called his disciples. That's not a doctrine. That's a principle. That's not a doctrinal thing. It's not like you know, you're know you going to be judged of God because you did this. And if you have a little bit of silver, a little bit of gold, you're not going to be judged of God. for It is the principle to sacrifice that others may have. That's what they're doing. And into whatsoever city or town you shall enter, inquire who in is worthy, and there abide till you go thence. And so who is worthy? Those that love Christ. Those looking for Messiah. And when you preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it's those that come and say, I believe the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you go abide with them. There was a day when men were hospitable. There were a day when families were hospitable. A stranger would travel the roads and late at night he needed a place to stay. There weren't hotels and hostels for the most part. What they have? Somebody's home. They'd meet somebody at the well, and so they would say, hey, we have a room. Come stay with us. That's why that woman put that little room on her house for the preacher man. Uh, she wanted to provide for him. They put a little house up there and gave him a place to rest, a place to read, a place to study, a place to pray, amen, a place to eat his meals. They provided for him. That's what he's telling them. You're just going to go. 
You don't plan all this and scheme all this. You just go. That's why a lot of folks have trouble today. They want to go, but they want the financial profit of going. Or they got to raise support for six years to go. Or they got to just kind of get plenty of money. Then they'll have confidence to go. It's like the man that doesn't quit his job, and I've seen it. They go out on weekends and raise support for the ministry. And after about four or five years, they've raised enough support that he feels confident that he can quit his job. And I'm not mocking that, setting light by that. And But people would say, well, you know, you need to have financial security. No, you need God. You need the power of God. You need obedience to God. What if in those four years, those are the four years God was going to use your ministry and you've uh, beleaguered your time worried about money? And that's the way a lot of folks are. And what if those four years are the years that God was going to magnify himself through the word of God in your life? And then you go after four or five years, you got enough support raised up and you go out there and the ministry falters and fails. And by the way, most ministries falter and fail because they're founded on man, not on Jesus Christ. Most ministries are not a success today. Most ministries fall by the wayside. I don't know how many men over the years have gone into a church and if something goes wrong within months, maybe a couple of years, they blame the church, they blame the community, they blame everybody else, and they shut the ministry down. I recently heard a story of a man who shut a ministry down. He just said, you know, that uh, you're not going to follow me. We're going to shut this down. The people said, well, hey, we called you here. This is our church. Amen. And they wouldn't let him shut the ministry down. And thank God for that. Thank God for something. They need to tell the whole world that man's a hireling. How dare a man try to shut a ministry down when God's established it, when God's established a people, when God's doing the work? How dare a man think he has the gall to shut a ministry down? That's where we are today. Got to go out there and get that support. Got to get that money. Got to get that dollar rather than just obey God and follow God and whatever God wants to do. When you come into a house, salute it. If the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. So you're not going to leave your peace upon those that have not believed the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you find those that would name the name of Christ. And listen, my wife and I have stayed in homes. This is not doctrinal. This is just practicality. We've stayed in homes. You couldn't tell they were a Christian home. We've stayed in homes. You had to put the pictures on the dresser face down to spend the night. We've stayed in homes. You had to hang stuff over top of pictures on the walls because... For some reason, they put their beach pictures in their guest bedroom, and God forbid anybody wants to see anybody's beach pictures ever, but they put them in their guest bedroom for everybody to see. They hang them on the wall for everybody to see. I saw one, not it's been many, many years ago, but I saw one, and I'm not trying to, to throw off on folks about this, but you could see the round circle on the table where the drinks had been setting, but I guess they were going to pose for a picture, so the table was clear, but... Clearly, they were in a bar. Clearly, they were in a tropical bar somewhere. You can see the round circles on the table where they took them off the table. Their hands were in their laps. They're probably holding their drinks down there. They posed for the picture. And they got the picture on the wall to show everybody there at the beach. And, you know, far from a Christian home, far from a godly home, he said, let your peace return unto you. There's nothing you can do to help folks like that. Oh, sure, you sit on the table and preach to them. They'll just run you off. You go around and share the gospel with them one more time as though they've not heard. They're going to run you off. And they've heard the word of God. They, this is a people, he, they're going to the Jews now. They've had the word of God. And so they know when he said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, they know exactly what that means. They know Messiah is come. And if they won't receive, they're not worthy of that. He said, let your peace return unto you. And again, this is not doctrine, but this is the reality. Whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words. When you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. I know men who have done that. I know men have gone outside of a town, shaking the dust off their feet, whether it was their fault or the people's fault. It might have been the city, it might have been them. I don't know, but they shook the dust from off their feet. And then he says, of his disciples now, this is not you and I, 
This is not a doctrine. This is not something we're going to practice. I'd fear to shake the dust off my feet and damn an entire city. I would fear that. I would fear the damnation. I've heard people say, other people say, even in the place where we have church, our home church, I've heard people say, that's a dead town. God can't do anything there. God can't do a work there. Well, drive out Manasseh Road on a Sunday morning, see if God's doing a work there. Now, folks on the coast of Maine, oh, Maine's dead to preachers. God can't work in the Northeast. God can't work in New England. God can't work in Maine. Go tell the preachers in Maine that. You got a brother playing a church in Rhode Island. Go tell him God can't work in Rhode Island. God can't work in, in New England. Knock the dust off your feet. It's a serious thing. For he said, verily I say unto you, it should be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So if they don't receive the disciples, they can knock the dust off their feet. It is going to be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah. Have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, on the podcast. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glory